Hola, buenos días. Everybody speaks Spanish here, so I can't, no, I'm joking. So it's a real blessing. I'm very grateful to the Lord for the opportunity to be in the church here with you today. I'm so happy. A um, couple, weeks, couple weeks ago, I met your pastor, but uh, when I met him, was this kind of, I don't know, you have this kind of feeling before, but I say, I know this guy for a long time, you know. Uh, he's the kind of person that I think I met before, but, well, was not. But for any reason, I felt that I know you for a long time. And we have mutual friends like Pastor Tim Burden, like Pastor Victor Maldonado, you know. So um, thank you for the invitation today. Uh, Matt is here with me because I have a real problem today and I need your help. A couple months ago, my wife and I, we came from Cuba to U.S., but we stayed in Miami for a few weeks. And I said, yeah, I will practice my English in Miami. So when I go to Ohio, I will be complete fluid, you know? Um, guess what? I find out Miami is the worst place for anybody <laughs> practice English. The first thing that happened to me when I arrived to the custom, the custom says, hola, buenas noches. Oops, you know? <laughs> and then the next thing is a restaurant that they say, we speak English. I say, oh my goodness, yeah, this is America. <laughs> so I need to apologize for my broken um, English today. But something that will help you to understand me a little bit is this. In 1950s was a show named I Love Lucy. Do you remember? You are too young. You are too young, you know? In this show, the main character was Desjarnes, um, Ricky Ricardo. So Ricky Ricardo tried to explain Lucy many things, and he was from Havana, Cuba. So if some of you remember this show, have mercy on my English today, you know? Um, Matt is here also, uh, you know, to, uh, to help. I would like you know, I would like to talk to you about Cuba, but first, I wanted to uh, also go through the Bible, and I wanted, before to start, to say thank you very much. Today, I wanted to talk in the name of these people in Africa that this church support. I wanted to talk in the name of many churches in Latin America that this church, through the seminary, the training, you are changing their life. I wanted to say thank you because you are a church that decide to go out of the four wall of the building and fulfill the great commission of Jesus to go around the world. Right now, thousands of lives around the world have been touching because you let God to use you. Amen. So in the name of these people, I wanted to say gracias. Thank you, thank you very, very much, you know. So I would like to, um, to start, Matt, uh, uh, read a little bit about, you know, uh, the Lord's Prayer, you know. Um. In Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 9, Jesus said this. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Let me just share with you something that we learned in Cuba about the Lord's Prayer. So, ayúdanos, Señor. Bendito tu nombre. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. One of the first things that we do in Cuba when we start to praise is praising God. Before ask for anything is praising God. Telling God, God how good he is. Praising his name, you know. And then we continue to pray for whatever need of whatever we wanted uh, to pray. But when we say our Father in heaven, we, I remember a friend of mine in Cuba. She's a pastor. I will, you, will know, you will meet her when you go to Cuba. She said, really, I have a hard time. When I became to Jesus, I have a hard time to say Father, to recognize God as a Father. And I asked her, why? And she said, because when I was born, my uh, you know, natural father, he abandoned me. One day, this girl who is a pastor today, she knocks the door of her father, and when the father opened the door, the father said, who you, who you are? And he, she said, I am, I am your daughter, daddy. And he said, I don't know you, I don't like you, I don't love you. The father to the girl. Years ago, uh, his grandmother, her grandmother died, and she went to the funeral home. And her father kicked her out of the funeral home and said, I don't love you. And she said, Willie, when I wanted to, the first time that I met Jesus, and I went, I was reading, I was a little, it was a little hard for me to understand God as a father because I don't know what a father is. And I asked her how you did it. And she said, when I accept God, Jesus as my personal Savior, I really met, you know, a real father. I really met a protector, somebody protect me, somebody that loved me, somebody who take care of me. And this is my concept of God, she right. says. Probably some of people here today, you don't have the best experience with your father, but God is the real father for all of us, even for those who have not this pattern, you know, in, the, in, the, in your life. I just wanted to bring this to you today. The other place that uh, we go in the Lord prayer, I don't know if that happened to you, but sometimes when we read the Bible, we go very fast and we don't see some of the things. Giving us, giving us this day our daily bread. And many times here in America, we even don't think about this. Right. Even sometimes we're giving today, I mean, this day, our daily bread, yeah, it's okay. We can go to Kroger, you know, and get whatever we need. But people that are living right now in Afghanistan, right. in Cuba, when we go and we pray, giving us this day, our daily bread is literally, yeah. is that happened. Because many people right now, 90 miles from Key West in Florida, they don't know how to feed their family tomorrow, yeah. you know. So 
when we go back and we read the Lord's Prayer and giving us, giving us our daily bread, today, you know, when you pray about it, remember all the people around the world right. who really don't have any, anything yeah. to, to provide for their family. So right now, I wanted to ask you, um, I will start speaking Spanish, you know. Uh, I wanted to ask you a big favor, Pastor. I don't know how many time you, you know we have. Okay. You said we have about 30, 40 minutes, you know. Yeah. I wanted, did you do something today? We have about 300 million, 350 million people in America. And we have a lot of millions of people around the world. I wanted that you think just for a second that you could be born in another place. Right. That you could be born in Afghanistan. Yeah. That you could be born in Cuba. That you right now could be desperate, try to leave a place like Afghanistan, or be desperate in a place named Cuba where we don't have the freedom or the opportunity that we have here. I wanted that you think just for a second. And now, when you already thought about that you could be born in another place, I wanted to ask you a big, big favor. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Because God allowed you to be born here. It's not perfect, but be grateful Amen. to the Lord Amen. in this moment. So, quiero decirles algo hoy. I want to share something with you today. I want to share some testimonies of what it's like to live in Cuba. And how we as Christians survive in a communist country. In 1940, in Alabama, una muchacha sintió el llamado de ir a predicar el evangelio. A young girl felt a call to go preach the gospel in Cuba. Tenía unos 19 años. She's about 19 years old. Una muchacha hermosa del sur de los Estados Unidos. A pretty girl from the south of the United States. Dejó atrás el sueño americano. She left the American dream behind. Y fue a la nación de Cuba. And she went to the nation of Cuba. A predicar el evangelio de Jesucristo. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. En un pueblo llamado Santa Rosa. In a town called Santa Rosa. Unos 150 kilómetros al este de La Habana. And it was about 150 kilometers to the east of Havana. Fue muy difícil para ella, pues no conocía el idioma. It was really hard for her because she didn't speak the language. Y, pero poco a poco comenzó But little by little she began a los to help the people in the, in the country a, a familia, to visit the families una casa culto. and she started a house church y una como tal. which eventually became a church. Entonces, un día, esta muchacha, And so one day, this girl, que se Shank, who is named Miss Leora Shank, vio a una, a una joven cubana, saw a young Cuban girl, la llamó y le habló de Jesucristo called her and she shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with her. Y le el plan de and she explained the plan of salvation to her. Le, le que podía su vida. She explained that Jesus could change her life. Que podía ser la para su that Jesus could be the solution to all her problems. Esta joven se 
this young Cuban girl was named Margarita. Y vino al Señor y aceptó al Señor. And she came to the Lord and accepted him. Margarita, la muchacha cubana. Margarita, the young Cuban girl. Fue mi abuela. Was my grandmother. Alguien en 1940. Someone back in 1940. Vino a predicar el evangelio a mi abuela. Came to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to my grandmother. el destino de toda mi familia. And changed the destiny of all my family. Para siempre. Forever. Hoy mi hijo es pastor. Today my son's a pastor. My sister's a pastor. Mi hermano trabaja en ministerio. My brother works in the ministry. My husband is a pastor. Sintió el llamado because someone felt the call de compartir a to share Jesus Christ with them. Ese es el Cristo que that creo. is the Christ whom we serve. He changes Pero us. No solo te a ti. Jesus doesn't change you Pero tu but changes futura. your generation, tu the future, tu your children and grandchildren, tu pueblo, tu your town, your city, your country. Es Dios que This is the God that we serve. Yeah. En el año 1959, in 1959, en Cuba una the communist revolution triumphed in that country. Hasta el día de hoy. And it is to this day. Y ellos desde el día hacer tres cosas. From the first day to the present, they began doing three things. Número uno, tomaron todas las armas. Number one, they took, they confiscated all of the weapons. Confiscaron todas las escuelas privadas e, e, e institucionalizaron las escuelas gubernamentales. They institutionalized all the private schools to make them government schools. Y tercero, comenzó una persecución con la iglesia. And number three, they started a time of persecution against the church. Fue una persecución extremadamente difícil. This persecution was extremely difficult. Comenzaron a promover una ideología atea. They began to promote an, an atheistic ideology. Le explicaba aquí al pastor que todas las mañanas en Cuba, por 30 minutos antes de comenzar la escuela, I was explaining to the pastor that for 30 minutes at the beginning of every school day, they would start their, uh, their indoctrination. De, y todos nosotros sufrimos eso. And we all had to suffer through that. Y todos los cristianos nos, nos criamos en un ambiente an donde sentimos algo bien doloroso really que se llama discriminación. Which we would call discrimination. Discrimination porque seguíamos a Cristo. Discrimination because we followed Christ. Discrimination porque pensábamos diferente. Discrimination because we thought differently. Y en ese ambiente donde fue donde nos criamos. And this is the kind of environment we were raised in. En el año de 1973. In 1973. Comencé la escuela. I started going to school. Y esto que voy a hablar no es acerca de Willy. Estamos hablando de miles muchachos como yo. And so the testimony I'm going to share just isn't about Willy, but it's about thousands and thousands of other Christian children at that time. Yo no sé cuántos de aquí recuerdan su primer día de clase. I don't know how many of you remember your first day of classes. Okay. El primer día de clases para mí fue muy interesante. My first day of school was really interesting for me. Mi mamá me llevó a la escuela. My mom took me to school. Y me dejó, éramos un aula con unos 30 estudiantes. And we were in a classroom with about 30 kids, more or less. Y el maestro, un hombre alto. And the teacher was a tall guy. Con una eh, gorra, con una 
estrella roja. Yeah, with a a a um, a soldier's cap with a red star on the top. Y una libreta. And a a, a binder. Libreta. A, a book. Tenía un nombre. That had a name. Willy Santiago. And the name written was Willy Santiago. The teacher said, "Who is Willy Santiago?" And the teacher said, "Who's Willy Santiago?" <laughs> I'm sorry. You get me in a rhythm here. <laughs> and then when he said, "Who is Willy Santiago?" I raised my hand. Can you believe it? The first days of class, the teacher was calling my name. The only thing that I knew about schools was the Sunday school classes when my grandmother was my teacher. And now, the first days of class, the teacher was calling so my name. He said, come here, Willie. And I remember I stood close to him. He looked at me and said, Willie, you are a Christian? I said, yes. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with that. You family uh, go to church and say, yes. You love God? I said, yes. He looked at me. I was seven years old. And he looked at me and said, Willie, you are a such a stupid boy. Wow. Seven years old. And he was telling me how stupid I was. And he said, Willie, I will show you God's not, God does not exist. He said, God, give me a bicycle. And he, he said, you see, God does not exist. Everybody laughed. I still have this love here. This day I knew what discrimination means. After this day, I knew another word, bullying, bullying, because of my faith. The school was un campo de batalla. School was a, a battlefield. Cada año era más difícil. Every year was more difficult. Y el bullying muchas veces no venía solo de los estudiantes. And so the bullying wasn't always just from other students. Venía de los profesores. It was from the teachers and administrators. La iglesia en Cuba estaba muriendo. The church in Cuba was dying. Habían solamente 10, 12 personas en los cultos regulares. And in regular services, there's only about 10 to 12 people on a regular basis. La gente estaba orando por un avivamiento. People were praying for revival. El gobierno, su persecución era más fuerte que nunca. And so the persecution from the government was as strong as it had ever been. Por un momento pensamos que todo estaba perdido. And at, at some point we thought that all had been lost. Porque todo alrededor nuestro era adverso. Because everything around us was adversity. Por muchos años comenzamos a, venir, a orar por un avivamiento, pero for, el avivamiento nunca vino. For many years we were Praying for revival, which never came. Pero la iglesia se mantuvo orando. Hadn't come, but the church continued to pray. Todas las circunstancias estaban en contra. Even when all circumstances were against us. Hoy en día vemos que muchas circunstancias en el mundo están en contra de nosotros. Today we see that many circumstances around the world are against us. Vemos como que pensamos que los malos están ganando. It feels like the evil people are winning. Pero nadie sabe el poder de una iglesia orando. But no one knows the power of a praying church. Pues la iglesia en Cuba no se detuvo a orar. The church didn't stop praying in Cuba. Un día estábamos orando y a través y lanzaban 
piedras a través de los ventanales. One day while we were praying, they started throwing rocks at the windows. Y casi mata uno de los hermanos. And they almost kill one of the Pero people in the church. Pero la iglesia seguía orando. But the church continued to pray. Pero no pasaba nada. But nothing happened. Pero seguía orando. But we continued. Y un día, and one day, en el año de 1986, In 1986, a friend of Pastor Tim's, in his church, began to experience strange things. People started speaking a new tongues. People started coming to church, even without having had been preached to. The same people that had been indoctrinated with atheism were now coming to church and people were saying what are we doing here and, and many would fall into the power of the Holy Spirit of God because they were seeing in a church that over 30 years had been praying even without having seen the results they continued faithful in prayer Church in the United no States. De orar. Don't stop praying. No Even when you don't see the Aun results. Vemos que los Even malos when, van when it feels like the, the evil people are winning. Dios tiene algo God para has esta something great. Y como en Cuba, en el 85, And just like 86, in Cuba in 1986, an explosion que of power hoy. remains to this day. After that revival, the house church movement started. And the government allowed the churches to gather in their homes. But they said no more than 25 people. But in Cuba, we're not really good at obeying laws. De hecho, yo nunca voy a obedecer una ley que va en contra de Dios. In fact, I'm never going to obey a law that goes against the word of God. Y de 25, muchas veces había 200 personas. And so instead of 25 people, sometimes we had 200, 250. Reunidos en, en, el, en, 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 los, en los portales, Gathered en la casa. In the, in the back of the house, wherever we could fit, no in the carro, garage. No we didn't have a car, but we had a garage. Y es donde la gente se reúne. And that's where people would y gather. Y es una pasión por Dios increíble. A passion increíble. for God in that country. Y hablaba con el pastor en la oficina. And I was sharing with the pastor in his office. Y le decía la gente que se convierte a Jesucristo. And we were saying that people that, that converts to Jesus Christ. Que eran miembros del partido comunista. That were part of the communist party. Que eran miembros de la santería. That were part of the, the religion of Santeria. Son los cristianos más fieles. Are now today the most faithful Christians. Hoy el evangelio. That are advancing the gospel. Hay una situación extremadamente difícil hoy en Cuba. There is a really difficult situation. Por más today de un año y medio la iglesia estaba cerrada. The churches have been closed eh, for about a year and a half now since the beginning of the pandemic. A las 12 del día. And so they closed. There's a curfew at 12 y, at noon. Y el gobierno ha tomado toda esta situación para tomar más control sobre las personas. And so the government has, ta is, has, has taken advantage of this situ situation to control Pero the churches. Pero nosotros en Cuba estamos esperando uno de los avivamientos más grandes de la historia. For a greater revival that we've had ever in history people are tired and thirsty they are hungry for God 
Pastor Ayala my llama sister, y le dice, Pastora, ¿cuándo comenzamos los cultos? My sister who's a pastor there said, people are asking her, when are we going to have church again? Hay una sed tremenda de Dios. There's a, an incredible thirst for y God. Y esa misma generación that, that same que generation fue entrenada that was trained en up un marxismo in extremo. Marxism, an extreme Marxism where they removed God out of the center of the ideology and they made man the center of the universe those are the same ones that are coming to the feet of Jesus today and that's the same place where your pastor and where you are involved in Cuba as in other countries and we want to thank God God. because just like that one missionary that abuela, went to preach to my grandmother they you are also preaching a la, a to, al Señor, to preaching that, to y, people that are going to receive the Lord and change the future generations no church in America don't stop praying no veas nada. even when you don't see the results we need to continue to pray and we need to continue to have faith that our God is a winner. Yeah. In Cuba, for many years, they told me I was a loser. Loser? Yeah. Because they, uh, we were the, the minority. Did they discriminate us? And they planned in our mind that we was the minority. And even today, the Holy Spirit is changing things in my life. One of the things that the Holy Spirit is working is any place that I go, I feel that I'm not welcome. In my mind. Why? Because they plant this in our DNA. When we, when we went into the schools, get my first job, do everything in, in Cuba, they always, always were sure to say, you are not welcome, you don't belong here. And Many of us, as a Christians in Cuba, grow with this in our DNA, you know, and the Holy Spirit continues is working with us. I wanted today, I wanted today, like we did in the beginning, ask you something, you know, be grateful. Guess what? Some of you do have not a clue what you have. One of the bigger problems that I find in America and probably you will kick me out today here. <laughs> One of the big, well, well, let me tell this, Pastor Tim, let me tell you two things I don't like in America. Two things. Can I tell you what? Yeah. Number one is Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, I hate it. <laughs> I re, you know, Dr. Pepper, I don't like it, he like it. I don't think how we will get along well now, you know? I, I'm tasting like medicine, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, with all the respect, too many Americans complain. Yeah. Yeah. And I have friends that say, Willie, we are American, we have the right, right to complain. I say, no, you don't have the right to complain because 11,700,000 people in Cuba are suffering and they are dying just to have at least one hour of your time. 
peoples in Afghanistan, in China, around the world, they just dream to have what you have. And you know what you have? Freedom. What is freedom? Freedom for me is to express my opinion without fear of consequence. And you have here this in this nation. I know you have many problems, but I don't care about the other problem. I care that you are free in this nation and you should not complain. Some people said, I will, I will play the lottery. You don't need to play the lottery. You already win the lottery. Yes, exactly. Being born here. So today, I wanted just to remind you, when you try to complain, remember us in the nation of Cuba. Remember those who are trying to flee Afghanistan right now, in China with the persecution. You don't have the right to complain, church. In America, you don't. We wanted to just to say thank you very much for the blessing that you, that you have been uh, to all the nations in Cuba. I can't speak for a long time, but uh, I learned a rule here in America. If I talk too much, you will never invite me again. <laughs> you know, and I know. Uh, I, do, I, don't, I don't want it to sound today. And I wanted to also tell you, always laugh. I just enjoy the passion uh, that your pastor have. It's contagious, you know. Always laugh. Try to be, you know, um, you know, happy in the way that you can show Christ to others. Thank you very much. Pray for us in the nation of Cuba. We, um, we are going back in a few weeks, you know, Matt and I, my wife, we are taking back humanitarian um, aid to Cuba, medicine, uh, food, to the churches, we will be uh, continuing to work, helping the church, the home church movement, seminaries, we will be talking, we already talked about it, training pastor, training church leader, try to change a nation. But you know what? Cuba and Latin America, for many years, our concept to change the nation was with machine guns. Come on. Machine guns. Um, our concept to change the nation of Cuba is this. Is this, which is completely different. So I wanted to just to say thank you very much today, but before I go, I wanted to teach you some words in, in Spanish. Can I? Yes. Can I teach you a couple words in Spanish, you know? The words are, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Pastor Willie, stay here for a minute. I know that uh, when we were in Cuba, one of the things my interpreter had just graduated, and he was called to be a third. He was told he was going to be a third grade teacher. Oh. But he had told the government he wasn't going to show up. <laughs> and then they told him, "Then you get no money." Now, what when you were that age, 20 or 22, what was the government grooming you to be? The, the, um, okay. Um, you already got a mic. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know how long we have, but just let me share with you. In my hometown, in my hometown, Hawaiianos, um, in my hometown in Hoeyanos, where we live, in 1959, in order to answer your question, the militia came. 
with, you know, with a rifle and big bags in the back. It was about 300 kids. They gathered the 300 kids of the school, and they say, how many of the kids here believe in God? Everybody lift their hands. 1959, everybody. And they say, now you will pray God that God give you candy. This is real. This is real. And the kids start to pray for, you know, for candy. Um, open your eyes, the militia, the militia, militia says. You see, they say, God doesn't exist because he don't give you candy. Now, pray to Daddy Fidel. Close your eyes. And the kids start to do. So they get all the, the bags that they have full of candy and put in front of these. And the teacher at that time was the grandmother of one of the United States senators today. I will not mention the name just to be politically correct. You know? <laughs> but anyway, this is what, okay, the way that we grow up. When we, uh, when we when those who was able to finish college, I was not able, I was Christian. You know, my brother, they denied, denied him to go to college, and he had the second best rate in the school. No, uh, somebody said, they can't go, they, they're Christian, you know. Um, most of the time, they teach, they let us know where to, what school we need to send the kids. They always remember that they're giving us free education, free health care. Yeah, and it's true, they, they teach us how to write and read. And later they teach what we need to write and read, you know, of course. Um, but, we, but then they pay you a miserable salary. Now they increase the salary that they pay $30, $40 a month to the person. So when we are at our age, when we are 20, when we finish, or those who was able to finish college, college uh, more or less they say, what? career you should study or work job you should uh, get. So the government is like a big brother telling you what to do. We, we, they say, we're here to protect you. You don't need to think too much. Let us to think for you. Let us protect you. Um, I have a, a friend of mine. I mean, it was a good, you know, but he said, Willie, I wanted to ask the government one thing. One thing, you know, do not protect me so much. Don't. Let me to make my mistakes. Don't try to, to protect me so much. So the environment that we have is terrible because as a church leaders, as a pastors, it's a special department in the Cuban security, like, you know, CIA or, you know, that they have our files. And if they wanted to destroy our memory, you know, or uh, the leadership in the church, they do it. I mean, they try to do so. This is why I was asking you, enjoy what, enjoy what you have here. And probably, guys, you don't, I'm sorry, but you don't have a clue for the blessing that you, that you have here. Um, believe me, I know what I'm talking about, you know. So I just wanted to um, I let you know this, because I wanted that you understand this. Uh, places like Cuba, like China, like um, Afghanistan, the life of the people now matters. What matters 
is the po political power that the government can have against you. Um, and again, the discrimination that we suffer, it, it was and is incredible. Matt, have two, uh, we have two friends, they are pastors. Last July 11, when the uprising in Cuba, these two pastors, Jeremy and the other, Darian, they was two, three weeks in prison without right to lawyer. Um, if you are in Cuba um, and you hire a lawyer, I have a big news for you. The lawyer worked for the government. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, for three weeks. So day before yesterday, they called me and said, Willie, um, they asked us to pay a fine. Pay a fine to walk in the street and ask for freedom. They was not asking about the embargo. They wasn't even not asking about food. They was asking about freedom. And then the police went to the house and said, for the next six months, we will be watching you more close. I mean, they're watching all the time. And now they are telling you they are watching, you know. So this lack of freedom is what, and some people say, you local because, I mean, crazy because you are come back. Well, I realize that the safe place in the world is to be in God's will. Amen. You know? The safe place is to be in God's will. And we really love here in America. Oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, but deep in our heart, I know I have to come back. I know we have to do what we are supposed to do. If it's because we are brave, no. It's not because we're brave. It's because we need to follow God's calling in our life. Um, you know what? Um, the, 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 the more safe place in the world is God's will, but the more danger place in the world, you know what it is? Comfort zone. Right. As soon as you are in a comfort zone, find a way to get out because sometimes the Lord used traumatic way to get you out. Right. You know, so I learned the hard way. Better to get out on your own. Yeah, better by yourself, you know. Isn't it interesting, the central theme of all the people we seem to be connected with are, is the same as Willie, whether it's I Isaiah's heart or their heart. They love what they have in the connection, but their heart is to their own nation. It's not like he's coming here to stay here. He's coming here to help his nation and then take it back and be a resource. Um, I, I absolutely love that. I also know another thing. My first trip to Cuba, mm -hmm. when I went there, I realized how shallow I was. I had all these great messages planned and prepared, and I was in the first meeting I showed up to that I was going to speak at. There were 150 people there an hour before the meeting praying like I had never heard people pray. And I realized that what I had was inept for that moment. Thank God I realized that. Mm. And it's the first time I went to the pulpit and said, God, I, I, I don't know what to say. He said, just trust me. And I opened up the Bible to Matthew chapter 9, read it, and then the whole message came just off to the impartation yeah. for those people because what I had was garbage. Hmm. And so you learn something. You get an impartation from that. What I want us to learn today is this. We need a fresh impartation for prayer. We need a fresh impartation for the idea that we're going to stick to this thing for as long as it takes. I just said to Tammy this week that on our walk, and I was just being honest with her, 
I said, you know what? We prayed for Steve Maldonado. I wanted to see him heal, yeah. but he's with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you can easily cower back and oh, yep. just say, hey, it's not happening. You know, God's not answering prayers, so we're just going to back off. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it's made me more determined. Yeah. Amen. It's not backing away. We're not backing off. We're not those. This is a key scripture for my life. We're not going to be those who shrink back to perdition, mm -hmm. but we're going to be those who move forward to the saving of souls. God has a tremendous call on this church, and Amen. it's going to stand when everything else around it falls. Right, right. But, but we need a fresh impartation for prayer and for that stick to itiveness. So I want to ask you this. We're going to do two things today. I want, I'm going to enact our prophetic teams. Okay, this is a tremendous man of God here. We just for time frames, I didn't roll out your entire bio, but he's a missionary, does great work around the world. He's working in Cuba. He's married a Cuban young lady. They're working through the State Department, and they're dragging their feet to get his wife here. We're going to pray that God's going to break that, and his wife's going to be able to be reunited. So the next best thing is to go be reunited with her. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's going back to do. And so we need an impartation for prayer. If you want a fresh impartation you want god to touch you fresh today to give you a new and a strengthened zeal to pray i want you to stand right now right now where you are i'm standing so the speed of the leader is i'm standing i want more i want more of a desire i want more of a heart to, to pray i'm going to ask pastor willie i want you to pray an impartation over this body we need what the cubans have Hallelujah. You might need us to help you with food. We need fire. And you, you guys have that. You've got that thing. And I want you to pray an impartation of a, 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 a desire to pray, a hunger to hang on, a heart to see God continue to do great Amen. miracles in our nation. So if you would, I don't know if you want to pray it in Spanish or yeah. English, but I want it mm -hmm. to be interpreted and prayed in Spanish. I want it to see in the beginning, the pastor was uh, saying that uh, one of the big miracles of God healing people, he saw in Cuba. And one of the reasons, I will tell you why. One of the reasons is, when you have your little boy, your little girl, that is have a high fever, or have a, um, a sick, and you don't have a medicine, you don't have choice. Right. Yeah. Right. You need to pray. Yeah. And sometimes, when you don't have choice, I mean, it, it, you, do, you just go and, and pray because it's nothing else. It's not a Tylenol, ibuprofen. It's nothing that you can give to your little child or to your family. And this is, um, you know, the faith is like exercise. You need to practice. You need to, to, to talk to God and every day. And some people say, I don't have the, the gift of healing. Well, ask, pray for the people and you will right. get it. Right. You know, this is, a, this is a, the, the way. Um, that uh, in Cuba, you, you can see this miracle because people just pray because it's not also another way to, to solve the situation, right. you know? There's not Blue Cross Blue Shield. No. There's no second choice. There's no 19 hospitals. No, no, no. Pray we would become desperate oh. for, for Jesus. Just pray an impartation over us, please. Okay, I will pray in Spanish if it is okay. Oh, yes, absolutely.
Padre nuestro que estás aquí con nosotros. Heavenly Father, you're here Yo te doy la gloria y la honra. Glory and honor. Dios, gracias por ser Father, tú. Thank you for being you. Gracias por mandar a tu hijo. Thank you for sending your son. Gracias por sanar nuestra gente. Thank you for healing our nuestra bodies. tierra. En Healing este momento, Señor, moment, yo Lord, te pido una impartición especial, directa, sobre esta iglesia, sobre cada persona reunida, sobre el pastor, sobre los líderes, sobre todos los que están aquí, Padre. Every Padre, person. In the name of Jesus Christ, we healing to your people, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would guide them, that they would be a lighthouse in the city, the revival in the city, the revival would break out, Lord, in the name of Jesus, through this prayer, Lord, as we seek your face to fulfill your will in this place, Lord, teach your church Señor, to pray. Ayúdalos a entender, Help Señor, them que to learn and to follow your Señor, spirit. La, la Holy solución. Spirit, to find Aun the solutions. That there is tú one eres solution la única in your presence in this directa, place. Señor. To speak to Te them directly. We ask you for each parent, every young person that is present in this place. Lord, that you give them a double portion of your spirit and that they can continue serving you to be light in this place, in this city, to be light in this great country. Lord, that you would help them to bless them and fill them greater than their capacity. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the privilege to be here with you and our brothers and sisters here. In the name of Jesus that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. 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 Gracias, Jesús. Gracias, Jesús, Padre, en tu nombre, Señor. Amo. Te damos la gloria, Señor. Bendito eres, Papá. Gracias, Jesús. Aleluya. Gracias, Señor. Gracias, Señor. Aleluya. Gracias, Jesús. That vivid imagination of the great hey, things Jesus. that you could do, things beyond what we can see Gracias, with our natural eyes. Father, continue to give us a heart. God, to, nombre, to see the invisible and believe Jesus. for the impossible. Father, Bendito we just eres, ask Señor. in Jesus' name Gracias, for an anointing that Aleluya, breaks yokes and sets captives free. For an anointing, God, with our words when we speak them to people, that they will be healed and whole. And Father, that they would want to know the Jesus that we know as their personal Savior. Father, I pray for the heart of evangelism to touch this group of people like never before, that they would have a freedom, God, to speak their testimony. Satan, we bind you in Jesus' name. You cannot control or dictate what people hear or say any longer. Loose their tongues in Jesus' name. Allow us, Father, to be able to say the things that need to be said and do the things that need to be done. Give us a faith, Father, beyond where we're at right now for the place you want to take us, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Karobo kayaste. Putaranamastia korobo katarabasikete. Maromonde rebekiato rabakaya sata. Itaranamako rabakaya. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm just asking any of you right now, those who have, uh, especially who have God has spoken through before, you've been trained, you've worked in the prophetic. Uh, I, I would like to receive some prophetic words for both of these guys. So if you have a word for them, I just want, don't want you to hesitate. I want you to come forward right now. And uh, we're also then going to pray over these guys. Uh, Betty, you said you had a word. Jill, you have a word. Whoever else, just come forward right now. This is for Pastor Willie. Okay. Um, okay. Um, do you know the movies Indiana Jones? Okay. God showed me that's who you are in the spirit realm. That there's attributes and qualities of Indiana Jones that makes him able to outsmart the enemy, to be able to, in hard situations, to find a way out, to be able to... Um, Think outside the box for what he needs to have done, and that's what God has done for you. In that first movie, there's a scene in the beginning where he's searching, and everybody's looking in the wrong place, and he finds an opening that, that's going to lead to something else, and that's a part of what God has for you, that you think outside of the box, you look elsewhere, and God's going to show you openings and ways in that nobody else yeah. is looking at. Yeah. And in that process... Yeah. You know, he goes down in, and there's a ton of snakes, a ton of snakes. And the Lord says, there are snakes that are all around you all the time. And that he is giving you more fire, more light to cause them to recede and to go away. Because your purpose is to find that ark. Because in it is the presence of the Lord that he wants you to be able to distribute to the people. And so that anointing. Although it can be radical and crazy, that's who you are in the spirit in the days ahead. When you were talking, I could see a flame of fire on your head. But God said he's going to put an invisible barrier over you that the enemy could not penetrate that. that same thing that there's going to be a new stealthness to you there's going to be a, a, a new uh, creative ability in the spirit that you're going to be able to walk into places where the government would not have you be and you're going to be able to have an impact in spite of them they're not going to be able to stop it because they're, they're, they're not going to even be able to see who you are and what you're doing because there's going to be that stealth protection over you um, this goes right along with Betty and Jill. Um, trail blazer. God kept saying trail blazer. And, yeah, and I saw fire, fire behind you as you were walking. And um, trail blazer is a pioneer or an in innovator, a person who makes new tracks through the wild country. I'm not quite sure which one of you this word is for, but I think it's for Matt. Um, and that I heard the Lord say that your comfort zone is between a rock and a hard place. 
and that he's going to move you out of your comfort zone. I don't know exactly what that means, but that's just what I heard. Matt, I just have a word for you. Um, I just, the Lord just says you're Iron Man, um, but not in the physical. It's in the spiritual realm. And when the enemies look at you, they fear you. And I just saw, like, laser beams coming out your eyes. But I just feel like in the spirit realm, you're just going to stand in front of your enemies, whoever they are, whatever they are, but they're demons, whether it's through people or not. Um, but you're going to have a great discernment. You're going to see things in the spirit realm that you haven't seen before. You're going to be able to discern between good and evil, and it's mostly always evil. <laughs> but you're going to... You're, you're just going to have a great discernment. I just saw that those laser beams through your eyes. Amen. I agree with that. The word that I had for you is that you're a giant in the kingdom. And what uh, you, you really have no idea that every place your foot shall tread, God's given it unto you. And I, I just saw you were walking in the streets of Cuba and people were looking at you from a distance. And they were, uh, people were looking both uh, in, in a good spirit and in a demonic spirit. And the demonic spirits were saying, uh, we know Paul, we know Jesus, who are you? They know you. And that the stature that you're walking with in that nation is beyond what you even recognize in your own self. People are aware and so are they aware. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, spirits and principalities in high places. You're no, duly noted in the high places. Your stature is of a giant in those areas. So be bold, be courageous, uh, let the supernatural flow through you in a way that it's, it, it's there, but it's going to be wow now. Because there's going to be a recognition and a, and, a, and a faith to just say, if I'm that giant, Lord, then, do, then this is what I'm praying for. Okay, so man, I just saw that as clear as day when she started. I wanted to put the exclamation mark on it. Yes. Two days ago, my wife and I were having a totally different discussion than church things. And I heard the word vanguard. It, and it was such such a strong, I had to stop the conversation. So I got to write this down. I got to write it down. I didn't even look it up, but it dropped into my spirit just as I was pondering about this. And it's the forefront of an action or a movement. And that's what God says. You are his vanguard where he's placed you. And it's the forefront of something that's going to explode, something that's going to move forward. So you are that vanguard man that he's placed for his purposes and there'll be, there'll be leadership that comes out of what you do, and there'll be movements that come out of what you do and what you say, and it's going to be a thing that's going to, that'll, it'll overtake pockets of men that will begin to be leaders of men. And it's over, going to overcome pockets of men, and you're going to be a, you're going to be a resource to much, and what you're igniting there is going to go through Central America, and it's going to be, and you're going to bring Cubans
Yeah, first fruits of, of uh, first things of changing the hearts of people and moving through Central America. So this is just not going to be a Cuban thing. Ab, did you have something? The, for the first time I seen one door and I seen it, it was locked and then I seen a key went in and it opened up and then I began to see more and more doors. God began to give you more keys and more ideas and more revelation of what he has. And this is not just a coincidence. This is a, this is a new connector. This is something that God's doing. We're, we're getting reconnected. Mine's for Pastor Santiago. Um, I was just praying that God would reveal a scripture because when you said that it was ingrained in your DNA that you can still hear the laughter, I just thought, mm, I don't like that. And so I just felt like God gave me this, it's in the Beatitudes and it says, blessed are those who reveal, who revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven and for they, so persecute the prophets that were before you. So it, it just really hit me that like what you've, the seeds that you've sown here are so great in heaven that you will not probably see the fruits, which is so in our flesh man disheartening. But, and then I got, just went further up and it said, blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And I just believe that you're gonna have a, an encounter that people have don't typically have with God. So. This is for Matt. Um, I just and I believe this is just a word of encouragement for you and and your wife. I just kept hearing. Um, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Amen. And we just want to declare that word over you and your marriage that you and your wife have been joined together, you are called to be one, and that those forces that are trying to keep you separated will not prevail. They, they shall not prevail, because God has joined you together, and, and a man and government and countries and politics and all that stuff shall not separate you. Okay? And the other thing I keep hearing is just joy, and that the joy of the Lord is their strength, so just for joy for both of you all, and strength. When you were talking about your testimony, Pastor Willie, it just reminded me of Second uh, Timothy 1, where Paul talks to Timothy, and he says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother and your mother, and I'm sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God, and this spoke, this spoke to me so clearly just about um, the, the mental um, havoc that these ideologies, um, ideas always want to become identities, right? And so, um, you know, this next part just really spoke to me. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. 
And that word discipline, obviously, in other translations is sound mind, but it means the taming of the thought life. And there are things in the mind that I believe, even as we spoke that scripture, that God is taming through the Holy Spirit that are wreaking havoc in your mindset. And so I just want to pray for you. So, God, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus for Pastor Willie, Lord, and we pray for every single thought of inferiority, every single thought of inadequacy, every single thought of insecurity, Father, that has been planted, every idea that has become an identity. God, we pray right now for the uprooting of those things from their, their, uh, their uh, ability to wreak havoc in his mindset, for their ability to try to plant and bear fruit in his mindset. And God, we pray right now, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think upon such things. And so, Father, where there was every idea of inferiority, insecurity, inadequacy, God, we pray for confidence in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for truth to prevail in Jesus' name. And we pray for uh, seeds to be sown in his mind. We declare over him the mind of Christ, not the, not the mind of communism, the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray for sonship, Father, right now, for sonship to bear fruit in his mind right now in the name of Jesus, God, that he would have a soundness of mind, a soundness of mind to prevail the spiritual atmosphere over Cuba, that he would walk in a fresh identity through the laying on of hands. God, we thank you for his sincere service, for his faithful service, God which was passed down by his grandmother. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This is just a, a brief reminder. First of all, can we just give the Lord a praise offering for these two guys? I mean, what a, what a great inspiration. Just a great inspiration. I want to remind you, a couple weeks ago when we... Uh, we made this, uh, the video, I talked about resources. And on the practical side, Pastor Willie is filling up uh, a container in, in uh, Miami to get back to, we talked about these spiritual things, we talked about the moves of the Spirit, we talked about salvations, we talked about healings, but now let's talk about the natural side of these things. A lot of these people in Cuba don't know God as the Father because they haven't seen how a father operates. And this food is a visual for how the kingdom works. The junk that they tried to do in the candy thing is, is just manipulation, but this food is for real. And when we help to put food in people's bellies, we help to show them the love of God. So uh, I'm just reminding you, if you have not gave, sometimes you all just need a visual. And you can see that Pastor Willie is a guy that loves the Lord and he's doing a great work. And we want to be able to sow into that. So we've already collected some money, but I would like to collect more. Okay, so let's just think of that. If there's anything else that you would like to give, I'd like you to see Chuck and Rick. And then they're going to help to move that along more speedily. The second thing is, is this. You know, if you listen to Reinhard Bonnke's testimony, it's almost identical to his grandmother's. 
There was a missionary who was lost and wandering through the, the, the forests in Germany and wandered onto a village. Now, I might not get this exactly right, but then he wandered onto the Bonkey's residence, and somebody, a grandfather or grandmother, was extremely sick. And uh, the, this missionary came in and prayed for this sick person. They were immediately healed. The Bonke family got saved in that encounter, and out of that came Reinhard Bonke, the guy who has seen millions of people come to Christ. Millions of people. Millions of miracles. This is my plea to you. You have no idea who the next Reinhard Bonke is going to be, or the next Billy Graham, or the next Catherine Kuhlman, or any of these people that you're sharing your faith with. And so when you just think you're sharing to be rejected because you were rejected the last time you shared your faith, stop thinking that way. Get secure in who you are in Christ. The world is crying out for people who will lead them to Christ. That's a, my sermon series coming up is going to contain this kind of stuff in it. You are leaders. Lead people to Christ. You never know. That might be the, the first grandmother that gets saved and her whole family after that gets saved. And their testimony in 2055 is going to be about the one lady in this church in Columbus who led my grandmother to the Lord and the whole generations have gotten saved and you won't even get to see the total fruit of it. But be at least a seed. Be encouragement. Be somebody who will speak on behalf of Jesus to people who live in darkness. This is the hour to see God move and do great things. And who's he going to do it through? He's going to do it through us. He's depending on us. He said even greater things will you do in my name than what happened up to that point in John chapter 14. Well, I tell you what, I'm all about it. I'm all about seeing greater things. Amen? You guys are, first of all, you're amazing. You're incredible people. You're, you're men and women of faith. You're men and women who dare to go where no other church will go. You're men and women who pray, who love the word of God. And I am honored to be your pastor. And so let's take this love affair that we have for each other to the next level of where God's going to take us in the kingdom. Amen? Amen. You guys go in peace. Let the goodness of God come upon you this day for the rest of the week. Let a fire of the Holy Spirit rest upon your head in the same way that Jill saw it on Willie's head. Let the love of the Lord come in you like it's never came before and may you operate this week out of a compassion of seeing people who are wandering in the same way that people were wandering in Matthew chapter 9. They were wandering around a sheep without a shepherd. May God give you the strength to stand when persecution, persecution comes your way. May you wake up each day this week purposing to be what God has destined you to be. May this be an hour 
where the impartation that you receive from Pastor Willie will be something that burns inside of you a fire that ignites a new prayer life in you. May you all be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. And God gives you insights and wisdoms and dreams and revelations and spiritual words for people, propheticness that you've never had before. May this be an hour where God fully comes alive in your life. You were thinking that somebody needs to be healed today. If, if you... Father, don't just fill a container, first of all. That's our thought process, that Pastor Willie's going to fill a container. Let us think larger than that. Let us see the second container that somehow will be filled by one, takes one person that has resources beyond what we're thinking to enable that second container to be even more full than the first. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. I can't wait to hear the testimony of that. We thank you in Jesus' name for this container. Let it be stealth in the same way that we said, Pastor Willie. Let his anointing cover whatever he does and wherever he goes. Let it be blessed and let it be multiplied. And Father, for anyone here today who doesn't know you, I pray that Jesus Christ would come alive to them in a way like they've never known before. Father, for anyone here today who has a physical need, if that's you, just raise your hand right now. Father, in Jesus' name, touch and heal. Father, in Jesus' name, touch and heal. Touch and heal. Touch and heal. Touch and heal. Father, you will just one word from heaven being released upon these people's lives will transform them here on earth and in eternity. Touch and heal them. Touch and heal everyone who has a hand lifted up today. Father, you know what you can do because you do it so well. Touch and heal. Touch and heal. Touch and heal in Jesus' name. All of these people who have a need beyond what a doctor can do, beyond what a sermon can do, let them have a, 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 an encounter with you, God, that brings forth healing. In Jesus' name, amen.